So today the theme of the day is going to be one of my favorite subjects and I have to cover it in 25 minutes, so <laughs> I'll try to keep it simple. So the first field yesterday was, you could say, materiality in terms of the body, in terms of the environment. So it's very much about contact. We are this organism in an environment and we try to be aware of the body, of the breath, but also in its environment in terms of the walking, for example. And today, the theme, the field, will be what is called Vedana, V-E-D-A-N-A. And I would like to translate it as feeling tones. Or, so this is a definition, tonality of experience upon contact through the senses. Let me put it more simply. When we see something, when we hear something, taste something, smell something, feel something with the body, have a thought, that's also a contact. Then at the same time, immediately, we feel it as pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. And this is what we're going to look at today not just as a scientific experiment. We're not trying to prove that Vedana exists. Uh, a scientific friend of mine said, it doesn't exist because I cannot measure it. <laughs> he seems to have changed his mind. <laughs> but to me, it's not that it exists per se as something discrete I take away from something else. That's not what interests us in terms of the mindfulness of tonality. What interests us and what interests me very much, and that's why I explore it a lot, is how do we react to it? It's a powerful activator. It's one of the main places why we react. So, so that's what we're going to look at to actually be more conscious of that aspect of our experience so that we can see how it influences us. That's what interests us. So that's what we're looking at. And of course, what is very important is to see that this is not tonality, is not in isolation. There is contact through the senses, and there is also perception. But Bernat will talk more about perception tomorrow, and today I will focus more on the tonality. But how we perceive something will change the tonality. As a simple example of tonality, because one last thing, when we talk of tonality, we talk about something very basic. So you see, you could say you have the tonality, that becomes more like a feeling sensation in the body and mind. That can become an emotion, that can become a disturbing emotion. And so we, mindfulness of feeling tone is so that we became more aware earlier than later. Because often we 
aware of the reactivity when it has become intense, which makes it more difficult. And so one of the ideas of the mindfulness of the feeling tone is possibly to be more aware at the beginning when it might be a little lighter and we might be more able to creatively engage. Then there is a text where the Buddha says there are 108 Vedana, 108 types of Vedana. So don't worry, we're not going <laughs> to do all this today. But we're going to try to keep to, to some of the, what you could say, more practical and more simple one. So here, the first two you get in the list is bodily and mental. And that's why in some meditation group, Vedana is translated as sensation. Like if anybody has done a Goenka retreat, a Vipassana retreat, then Vedana is translated as sensation. And so his retreat will be very much focused on sensation. And at the same time, it's also like kind of a mental feeling. So it's very hard. Here we're not trying to say, oh, here it's a sensation, here it's more mental. It's just it can be experienced in different ways we can focus on it in different way. Then you have the three types of feeling, which is pleasant, unpleasant, and neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Then you have the sixth feeling, which basically is through the sense impression. And then one other list, which I find very interesting, is a feeling tone associated with past, present, and future. And that's very interesting. You know, like you are in the present here, and you have certain tonality of experience, and suddenly something pop up, like I mentioned yesterday, a memory, and suddenly a tonality of the past coming to the present. Or you're thinking of the future with joy or with fear, and a tonality of the future coming to the present. Very interesting. But first, to give you an idea of tonality, you might have noticed red blankets and brown curtains and cream wool. I, I don't know how you are, but me, when I see the red blanket, I have a more intense tonality than when I see this or when I see the cream wool. So it's kind of going down. Like I see this, wow, that's red. I may divulge, I'm not that keen on red. But with meditation, it's okay. But do you see, when I see this curtain, for you, it's just brown curtain. For me, 
when I see this curtain, for any amount of time, I am projected back many, many years ago. When I was in a shop with Christina Feldman looking for curtains, this is the second iteration. So it's not my curtains. And we're in the shop because the building is just starting to be organized, etc., etc. And we have to choose curtains. And immediately I go to blue because blue is a nice color, blue. I like blue. And Christina says, hmm, I think this would be better. It's a warmer color. I say, fine. I'm not kind of a very aesthetic person, so I don't know. But you can see two different. You see the color in reference to me. I like it. Everybody will like it. Let's go for it. <laughs> and Christina, I have no idea if she likes the color or not, but thinking wider, maybe this would be a warmer quality to the room. I said, okay. So in a way here, I, have, I can see the curtain and just the curtain, and then I feel fairly neutral. But then if I stay longer with the curtain, then I feel it torn from the past into the present. And then it can get quite complex. So that's what we mean by tonality. You hear the sound of a bird? Tweet, 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 tweet. Generally, mm. And I, I'm reminding myself, I generally don't teach in December. So actually, I have a tonality about an absence. There is no rooks. I think the rooks are gone. In April, the rooks are like in the morning, they're really at it. There are a bunch of them, and they make lots of noise, and I love it. Not everybody likes the rooks. So in a way, I'm sitting there, and actually I have a tonality about the absence of something. Ah, it would be nice to have the rooks. So you see how you can have actually even tonality about something that is not there. So pleasant tonality. And what the Buddha says is that we have, what the, the Buddha teaching about tonality is that we have immediate reaction to tonality. It's like we don't think about it, we have it immediately. So it's what he calls the underlying tendencies. So the underlying tendency to pleasant, I want more, I want to repeat it. I mean, this is something you know, you have a wonderful weekend with friends, let's do this again, so that we have exactly the same experience. You can have a different pleasant tonality, unlikely you can have exactly the same. That's the one thing we have to be careful about. Or we want more. I think it's Cake Tuesday. So maybe tomorrow you might get a cake, I'm not sure. 
But this is something interesting with food. Like, you know, you, there is, let's say, a nice chocolate cake or apple cake or whatever one likes. So you see the chocolate cake, you take a, side, a little bit, and you put it in your mouth. And it's very pleasant. Mm. And you've only had one mouthful, and you're already thinking, can I take a second? Isn't it interesting? I want more. The pleasant tonality invite it's kind of like, I want more of this. I have already three of these, maybe four or five of these shirts, because for many different reasons. I go in a shop, I see a similar shirt, hmm, because I like it, it's like, I want more. It's like the pleasant tonality is nearly like one cannot stop oneself nearly from wanting it. So it's not saying we should not have a pleasant tonality because the Buddha is quite keen for us to have pleasant tonality. And he has this wonderful quality, which I'm going to do a guided meditation on, which is mudita which is appreciative joy, rejoicing. So we think it's a good idea to have pleasant tonality. But the question is, do I grasp at it or not? And this is kind of really what he wants us to look at. Can I just experience it? Here I could say also that we can grasp at the newness of the pleasant experience. So my mushroom story. I am in Austria, in Vienna, it's June, mushroom season, and there is, I go to a restaurant, the only thing I can eat is my favorite mushrooms, little yellow trumpets. Mm. So I get a plate of the mushroom, and I savor every, oh, it's wonderful. So if you have a scale of 0 to 10, pleasant, plus, then I would say the experience is plus 8, 9. Wow, they're so good, so good, so good. Such a long time I've had them, so good, so good, so good. But I have a theory about this because of the tonality. So the next day I go back to the same place, same plate of mushroom. But one more thing. So the experience on the moment, plus eight, nine. I come out of the restaurant and check the memory. And the memory is plus seven. Not bad. Did not decrease too much. Next day, same plate, same experience. Gone down to plus six. I come out and the memory is down to plus four. And this is something we have to be careful with new experience. That actually, if we try to create the same newness, you can't. You have had, I mean, at one level, it could be new every day, but there is a certain kind of going down from the newness. So to be careful there. And this, I think, can be applied to meditation too. That one day in meditation, you feel super calm, super clear. 
It's wonderful. And the first time, it's, let's say, plus eight, in contrast to before, where you have not had it or you did not feel it. But if you experience this several times, you won't have the newness and the contrast because you're becoming more calm. So there is less contrast. And you're thinking, why am I not having this fantastic experience? What actually we forget is a contrast. So we still have the pleasant tonality, but there won't be that contrast. Then there is unpleasant. And so again, unpleasant, we push away. And in pushing it away, we amplify. Here to point out that in terms of scale, I would say it takes us plus five to be aware this is pleasant. And so with the mindfulness of tonality, extend the range of the pleasant from zero to plus 10, not just from plus five to 10. And the same in terms of unpleasant, because sometimes we react to minus one, like it minus five, but it's not. And again, it increases the range. It increases the complexity. Because unpleasant minus one will deal with it in a certain way than minus five, than minus ten. And then to see also change. This is what is very interesting. With pleasant, as long as it's pleasant, it's pleasant. When pleasant stops, sometimes it doesn't just go back to neither. It can be unpleasant. That's something pleasant stop. That's something we have to be careful with. Because we have this impression of pleasant, it's an echo. And then it stops. And then underneath, there can be an unpleasant we have not noticed and which we'll react to. Unpleasant, unpleasant as long as it continues. When it stops, it's actually so pleasant not to have a headache, a stomachache, a backache. And then for a week, it's pleasant not to have it. And then it becomes normal, natural. That's an interesting one. Then you have neither. And neither is a little complex because basically it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. You could already say, at least it's not unpleasant, but (laughs) we can see with that. But also, nothing is happening. And I would say, it took me a long time, actually, to be aware of tonality. In meditation, I would sit and I would look for tonality. And I would not find anything. Because actually, most of the time when I sat, it was neither. So I think when I say, be aware of tonality, a lot of the time on a retreat, the tonality you encounter will be neither. Neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And then the Buddha has a kind of interesting point. If we understand neither, it can be actually pleasant. But if we don't understand neither, 
it can become unpleasant, as in, this is boring. This is interesting, neither. And so in a way, I would say a retreat is for us to creatively engage with neither. That things are still happening. There is life, but at a kind of, a, I would say, lower level, less intense level. And so we could see neither a little as a baseline. We go up, we go down, and then there is kind of a little bit like a homeostasis. And so you could see it as unpleasant because nothing is happening, it's boring. Or we could see it as restful. Oh, nothing is happening. Oh, I can rest. I don't need to do anything special. And then also, lastly, to see that Vedana, tonality, is not in the object. It's conditioned. So often we think the goodness, the badness, is in the object. It's fixed. So mango must be good for everybody, coffee, everybody loves coffee, chocolate, everybody loves chocolate. Not, you know. I love mango and I have kind of like, you don't like mango? What's the matter with you? I mean, this is, it's what we assume. This is where we have to be careful. It's good by itself. I like it. It's even better. If I like it, it's even kind of a better thing. And then the assumption everybody must like it. We must be very careful with that one. So in a way, this is conditioned. It's conditioned by our biology, by our family, by our society. And so in a way, this is also important tonality, because this is where biases, where biases are, that's where they start. Because you have your own preferences, which could be harmless, but you can have society preferences, which actually can also be harmful if we kind of assume what everybody believes, what everybody feels. And I think that's where a lot of uh, racism and all kind of discrimination comes in from this tonality. That's why it's so important to be aware of it. So now, the question is, how do I do it? So mindfulness of tonality, so I presented the idea, and then now you're going to think, wow. The problem is, at any given time, you can have six different tonalities through what you think, what you hear, what you sense, and so on and so forth. So again, you are not data gathering all 
and renegade Vedana at all time. Not. This is not the idea. What we want is to refine our sensibility to tonality. That's what we want to do. We don't want to pinpoint. This is not about, oh, sound, plus five, pleasant, sensation, minus five, unpleasant. This is not about naming at all. This is not even about naming pleasant, unpleasant, neither. Because sometimes you have no idea. And sometimes it could be partly pleasant, partly unpleasant. But the idea is more to be aware of contact and that we feel something. So it's actually becoming in interested in how does it feel at the point of contact. So now we're going to do the meditation. I will also do a guided meditation this morning to show you a little how to do it. So generally the idea is to do it with the breath. And with the breath, generally you're aware of neither. Because the breath, again, generally not very much. Then the next one is to be aware of contact with the body. And then you have two different ones. You have the base sensation of contact, hands on each other, feet on the ground, buttocks. And that again is more or less neither. Or you have specific sensation in the body. And then just to be with the sensation, how does it feel as an experience? You don't need to name it pleasant, unpleasant, neither. And then the last one, which I would recommend if it suits you, is listening meditation. So listening to sound and just be aware. How does it feel? And then what becomes interesting with sound is when the sound goes, does the tonality goes with it? If you have a sound which is more continuous, does the tonality change over time? This is also something we can experiment. And then at the end of the meditation, we look at walking meditation and seeing, and then we also look at uh, lunch and eating. This is a wonderful place to look at it. Okay? So, so if we just stand and stretch,
So if we find a comfortable posture, and then gently we rest our attention on the breath. feeling the air coming in, coming out. When the air comes through the nostril, a little cooler, how does it feel when the air comes out a little warmer? How does it feel? Now bringing our attention to maybe the sensation of contact of the hands on each other or on the thighs, the buttocks on the cushion. How does it feel, that sensation of contact? Now bringing our attention to the face, 
maybe the sensation of contact on the air, on the cheek. What's that? How does it feel, that sensation of contact of the air on the cheeks? Now bringing our caring and careful attention to specific sensations in the body. When we experience a sensation in the knee, in the hips, in the back, in the throat, in the nose, how does it feel? When the sensation goes, does the tonality goes with it? If there is a sensation that continues, does the tonality change over time?
now opening our awareness, our mindfulness to sound. When we hear a sound, what's the tonality of that contact, of that experience? Can we listen to sounds knowing what they are without commenting on them? Just listening to sound as sound. If we think of listening as listening to the music of life, does it change the tonality of the sounds we hear? If we have compassion for people who move, for people who cough or sneeze, does the tonality of the sound change?
hearing a sound which is more or less continuous, does the tonality remain the same over time? Sounds can be bells of mindfulness, bringing us back here to the complexity of this experience. there is a relative silence, what's the tonality of that contact?
when a thought appears, a memory, an image in the mind, what the tonality of that content? the tonality of mindfulness itself. How does it feel to be mindful?
what is the tonality when you hear the bell. So now I like to say a few words on walking meditation. First, in terms of speed. So yesterday, Bernard introduced kind of walking ordinary pace or walking a little more slowly, not too slowly because of balance. So again, you have different type of speed in terms of walking and distance. So you can walk back and forth a little slower on a short distance. Or if you need to have more movement, you can walk at an ordinary pace on a longer distance, like around the house, around the orchard, for example. Again, you have to see what's a good speed for you. And if you really need a lot of uh, movement, then what I can recommend is outside of the walking meditation, during the free time, maybe to do go for a short run. That's also fine. Again, bringing the same mindfulness, that it be slow, ordinary, or fast. Then, in terms of the walking meditation, today, again, feeling tones, and here you can do it in different ways. You can just do it with the walking itself, just being aware, how does it feel? What's the tonality of walking outside? And then you will have the impact possibly of the coldness on the cheeks or the wind or whatever it might be. Or there you could expand to the sound and really explore hearing if it suits you. The sound come and go, the tonality, if a sound continue. But one thing you can explore in the walking that you cannot do sitting is sight. Because this is something, a contact, we are constantly with. That it be color, shapes. And so in a way, just to be aware how we see something, leaves, flower, different things, and just the tonality of that contact seeing a tree, seeing a leaf, seeing some rubbish, or whatever it might be. Or also smell. There might be smell around you. I mean, as a gardener, at a different time when I am at Gaia House, I walk and then I think, hmm, there is a tree. That's flower <laughs> that I'm looking. So again, you can explore the different senses as we walk, either at a slow pace, ordinary. And then again, we can use standing as a way to, you walk, you stand, and then hearing, seeing, or smelling. And then, what's the tonality? And then when the sound goes, the sight, the smell, is there an echo or does the tonality goes immediately? And then we meet back here in half an hour.